Hey everyone, welcome back to You Are Here. I'm so excited this week. We have two of my best friends in the whole world and um, we're gonna be talking about something really exciting and kind of complicated that I feel like a lot of us go through. And um, yeah, before we get into it, I do want to introduce them to you guys or actually have them introduce themselves to you. So introduce yourself. Okay, I am Hallie and I've known Danny for forever and she just gave me a list of things to say about myself and I forgot them. What you do? Well, what I do. Okay, I... <laughs> a favorite thing currently? Okay, thank you. Other than your dog. Mm, Ooh, she yeah. is my favorite thing. Okay, I um, currently work for a church in what we call our care department. So it's like anything relational um, that people need, like a one-on-one help with is what my department does. It's amazing. Danny's mom is my boss and she's the best boss ever. Shout out Tiana. And what I love right now, I really love um, like doing floral arrangements right now. I do like a floral arrangement of the week and it's so fun, like a little creative outlet. Our house has fresh flowers. It's the best. Love that. Love it. Well, I'm King and I've known Danny for almost a decade, right? Yeah. When did you, when did you come to? Like 20... Oh, me too then. No, it was not 2014. So So almost 10 years. So nearly, nearly a decade. So been around, been around for a while, was a youth pastor for a bit. And then now we, she's like a little sister and is aunt Danny to my daughter. I also am a pastor at a church. I oversee, um, everything kind of birth to 30 at, uh, one of our locations and I get to work with Hallie and Danny, uh, not Danny, Danny's mom is like my work mom. So true. We have a good time. It's family. It's besties. It's a vibe. Yeah, but I think my... Can I say my favorite thing? Absolutely. I think my favorite thing right now... The new Lulu pants. All things Lululemon. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing. Uh, But we'll take it. We'll take ads. Not sponsored, but he wants to We're paid ads. We will take ads. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're into floral arranging, too. No, my daughter is. You made this in front of us. Yes. Me and Sunday made that. Hmm. Yeah. Adorable. Yeah, that's right. So, so sweet. Okay. So today, I would actually love King to kick off this topic. We're talking about imposter syndrome, which is kind <laughs> of like a heavy, you know, thing. It's, it is. Um, I don't know, it can be really layered. It can be influenced by a lot of things in your life, like your upbringing, your culture. Um, but yeah, kick us off, King. Yeah, so talking about imposter syndrome, and it's going to be really funny because Hallie and I have two different experiences and perspectives. So different. But for those of you who don't know what it is, just a, a quick little baseline understanding. Imposter syndrome is the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally despite being high performing in external objective ways. So basically, you could be doing so great externally. Everybody thinks great about you. You're doing well at work, whatever. But internally, you feel like a mess and like you're the worst person ever. You're terrible at everything. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's definitely been a journey for me. Like, mm-hmm. I got a, a crazy story. I don't even know if I've told you guys this. You may know. But this happened a couple years ago. Um, I think it was 2017 that I had three dreams back to back to back that were all like different work experiences that I felt this way that like people were hated me, like I was the worst in the room, like they were out to get me, whatever. I had three dreams. One was of like people at our campus. One was uh, different, another group of people that we work with. And then another one was then another group of people that we work with. And all three of them 
the dream ended the exact same way. It was the first one was uh, our senior pastor asked us to do something so simple, mm-hmm. like don't touch the curtain. And I touched the curtain and they came back, <laughs> scolded me and fired me. Like the, you don't belong here. You're not, you're, you're a phony. That's you're crazy. fake. That was the first dream. The second one was uh, we were having another staff meeting and I said something, I just gave an idea and everybody turned at me and were like, boo, you're a fake, you're phony. <laughs> I woke up immediately. Dang. Then the third dream. God said, here's some exposure therapy. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Here's the third dream. We were having this big conference and one of my buddies was up on the platform and my phone alarm goes off. Again, this is the dream. Humiliating. My phone alarm goes off and all of the lights in the auditorium turn directly on me, like a spotlight on me. And everybody in the auditorium goes, boo. What if that is how started, we responded when people's phones went off? Just started chanting like, you're fake, you're phony, like all this stuff. And I woke up. And those were three straight nights that I've had. Three that nights in a row? Three nights in a row. So imposter syndrome is something that I've walked through. I hope you're in counseling. Oh. I don't know. I try to compartmentalize things and just keep it <laughs> rolling, crazy. you know? Oh my this goodness. is what this podcast is for. Oh my it's, gosh. it's group therapy. 100%. It is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's insane. But <laughs> Have I told you that before? No. I've never heard that. That's incredible. Well, there you guys go. But hey, no. I was trying to tell you something. Like, and then I got a word from somebody the next day. So the fourth day, we had a little, like, again, staff meeting. It was like students and young adults real got life. together. Real life. Not yeah, this is a real thing. And Josh Hall, you guys know Josh Hall? Uh-uh. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, you know Josh Hall. He said, "I feel like the Lord's trying to tell or wants me to tell you that you belong here." That was his word. It was the fourth day after three straight nightmares of like believing that I didn't belong and that I was fake and whatever. And then the fourth day was was God saying, "Nope, you belong here." It's crazy. That is that's nuts. Are you crying right now? No, I have something in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is insane. I think I think that's crazy how. I mean, obviously, definitely God was trying to tell you something, but I think it's also crazy how your body basically stored up like Mm -hmm. all of those instances and like that emotion that you felt every time maybe you felt that in like a subtle way Mm -hmm. and it all just kind of came out through that, like, like that stress, essentially. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's so important. Like whenever I guess you feel um, that imposter syndrome, which is really just like fear Mm -hmm. and like feeling insecure and like. I think it's just compounded in like a specific place and a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like obviously all those were related to like work and like what you do that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I think like in dealing with with stuff like that, I think you have to like recognize I guess what your trigger could be, but then also like acknowledge that you're experiencing that. You know, yeah. I think I think realizing like whenever you are like stressed or anxious or feel that coming on, to not just like dismiss it. You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like then it can come out in other ways. That's something I don't know. Um, yeah. But Hallie, what is um, like, what does it look like for you? Or like, has it ever come out in like dreams or something crazy like that? That was so stressful to listen to. Know, that yeah. is, I'm so sorry. That's not my reality. Um, <laughs> You're such a bum. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have what we refer to as um, unmerited self confidence. Unmerited self confidence. I was trying to say unconditional. Unmerited self confidence. <laughs> And <laughs> unconditional, unconditional, I do also too. have unconditional yeah. self-confidence. Um, and what that means is that I just assume everyone thinks good things about me all the time and that I always belong in every room I walk into. Um, and that has not always been the case for me. I think like growing up, I like felt like I did, there wasn't room for me or I wasn't coming and like meeting the mark in certain things, whatever. But I really just woke up one day and I was like, that's dumb. 
that I think that and I'm not going to think that anymore. And so it was just a process of like changing the way that I viewed myself and the people around me and the things that I had been called to do in my life. And um, just assuming that I was like the best at all of them. I'm a Leo too. She is. She is. (laughs) (laughs) If that didn't just give it away. Um, But yeah, that that's crazy. I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't know, I genuinely don't think I've ever met any other person in the entire world that has had that experience <laughs> of just like, this is wrong. I'm not going to think like this anymore. Yeah, just don't. The, yeah, which I mean, maybe you needed to hear that today. Like, you just need to stop thinking that way. Just don't do that anymore. <laughs> just stop feeling that waking. There we go. He's healed. healed. He's healed. <laughs> All done. <laughs> Um, do you guys remember, I guess, like your first instance or like memory of having imposter syndrome or like, or feeling that like pressure or stress or anxiety, like however that comes on? Yeah. I mean, um, I got a couple different ones. I said one earlier that I'm actually going to say a different one now, but I remember, um, so at this point I had been in ministry, I was 18 and I had been in ministry for two Two years, like I had been speaking publicly in front of peers and whatever for about two years at the time. And my youth pastor at the time um, had like a student led night. So it was me and two other people who had never spoke before. Like we were each going to take 10 minutes or whatever. So long story short, the entire time, like I was, I had done it a lot. Like I felt comfortable, confident, felt, was, felt like I did a great job, whatever. And then afterwards, we were at a different event with people that I looked up to, like other leaders that I like wanted to be like and aspire to be and whatever. And my youth pastor was there and he was describing the the night and how he had three students preaching and I was there in that little huddle. And he was like, yeah, and this student did better than King did, like in front of oh. everybody. And that'll do it. That's I, terrible. Yeah. And he came back later and was like, I was joking, but I was like, I was 18 and didn't know mm. you weren't ever like, no, nah, I'm just playing or like kidding or whatever. Like, so I remember that was an instance where I walked away and I was like, nobody will ever be able to like outwork me in this area. Like you may be better than me or like more naturally gifted at just communicating fine, but like I will outwork you and therefore be better. Mm. And so that was one story that like I had to, I had to really work through and, you know, talk to plenty mm. of counselors, Hallie. Woo. So Um, in that same vein, like, have you realized, I guess, any um, any patterns of like your work being, um, I guess, like inspired or even like sponsored by like chasing, chasing the fear away, basically, instead of like, yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah. uh, Weeping like (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. Like I think so much of my twenties I spent fear-based and not to say that that I'm not like walking through that every day and like having to consciously choose to live differently. But I would say from like praying for more people to come or praying for like whatever it was, that was on my heart that had to do with a marker of success. It was all fear-based that like I couldn't do it. I wasn't good enough. God wasn't going to use me, Mm. blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I mean it. It again. I think most of my twenties was spent fear based. That's, oh. Yeah, that's intense. I um we <laughs> we went to go see this like 
Christian production. I forgot what it was called. Don't <laughs> if you know the name, don't don't say it. Um, but basically, one of the songs in it was um, was he. It said the line. It was like from Jesus's perspective, and it was like, "Lord, give me the strength to be weak." And I really can't stop thinking about that because I feel like there's so much in our life that it really does go back. Like if you are a Christian, if you profess Jesus to be like, you know, your source and your Lord, I feel like there's so much in us that, yeah, like uh, it's such an easy, a convenient way for you to fight imposter syndrome is just like, oh, be better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just stop thinking about stop it. Stop thinking that. Yeah. Like I think there, there's like so there's like an easy way to do something, mm-hmm. but like the hard way and ultimately like the way that Jesus says is to like be weak and to mm-hmm. actually find your source through God. And I don't know, I think imposter syndrome at the end of the day, for me at least can just be boiled down into like, I'm not finding my identity in the right place. Mm-hmm. Or I think that this thing makes me like unique or special or makes me better, honestly, than somebody mm-hmm. else when that's just not true. So it, I don't know. I think it's a very interesting like tension that imposter syndrome holds where like it can go through like pride basically or like a false sense of like lowliness right which like at the end of the day are both so like self-focused you know Mm -hmm. dude we're about to get into a bunch of stuff yeah this may be longer than (laughs) no that's what i'm saying i love it but i love it i think that there is um i'm gonna i'm pulling up a like one of my favorite scriptures that's gonna tie into this it's pop quiz you guys know my favorite proverb it's your phone background no, it's not. That's just the one that keeps me from being anxious. Oh. <laughs> Medicine. Medicine. It's my therapy. No, it's Proverbs thirty thirty three, and it says, you press anger, you get strife. You press milk, you get curds. It's like my favorite proverb. God's milk. God, something. Always comes back. <laughs> something. The reason is, is I think, I mean, whether it's imposter syndrome or something else, like everybody we all have things that we want bad, mm-hmm. like things that we desire deeply, whether it's success or it's a spouse or whatever. And then we want it so bad that we press and we try to make mm-hmm. something happen or we try to force it and we never like the outcome. Like it never produces the curds. thing that we deepest desire, like our deepest desire, right? Yes, yeah. Hallie, curds, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I think that in that same vein, as we're talking about like being weak and having the courage to be weak, I heard somebody say, I don't remember who it was, but he said the phrase like embracing your cactus. Hmm. And I was like, I just love it. I feel so true Mm -hmm. to like actually be okay with embracing your painful, like fearful, shameful self and Mm -hmm. just fully being integrated as one human. Yeah. And I don't think that as a, as like, a capital C church or a uh, Christian culture, we do a really good job of allowing people to be broken mm-hmm. and allowing people to be weak and realize that God's in that too. Yeah. And so we just kind of put this pressure on people to not be fearful or not be anxious. And no, they shouldn't. Like we should all experience the life and the joy that Jesus has in front of us. But that's not always our reality and being okay with hugging that cactus in that mm-hmm. moment and realizing like he's there in it with you, yeah. you know? I think about the parable of the seed and the weed and mm-hmm. how, uh, I think I think it's Matthew 13 or something, but basically how the farmer came and he planted the seed and then walked away. And then as the seed started to grow, the other workers saw that weed was growing next to it. 
And then the workers asked the farmer, they were like, well, do we need to go pull out the weed? And the farmer was like, no, you can't pull out the weed because if you pull it out too soon, you're going to uproot the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you got to let them both grow together and allow them to kind of grow to mm-hmm. full harvest season. And at the right time, you pluck the weed. And I don't yeah. think that we do a good job of that season in people's lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we expect people to be further along than where they are, to not yeah. be prideful, to not be ambitious, to not be whatever. Be and it's like, no, this is actually part of their formation into Jesus. And we need to be okay mm-hmm. and embrace that this is just a weed growing that in, in time it's going to be plucked. Yeah, that's so good. I think for me, like the times that I felt imposter syndrome showing up in my life is when I was forcing something that I wasn't good at or like trying to fit a mold of who I thought I should be or what I thought I should look like. And that is when it comes out is like when you're very clearly not being authentic to who God made you to be or what you're supposed to be doing in that season of your life. And when I embraced something that it was like, okay, this isn't fitting, this isn't working. And I embraced me like in the fullness of who I was created to be that's when I finally was like, oh, it's dumb that I thought that or felt that way. But I had to embrace like something that I didn't feel like I was good at or could excel in. So it is like there are weaknesses in your life that like God wants you to walk in them, like to not uproot your weed yet, you know, like to live in that that tension of like, I'm not good at this and I'm figuring it out or this is like a something that's holding me back, but I have to live with this for a little bit and navigating that but when you lean into that when you like embrace your cactus that's when you are like living your most authentic self and that's when that imposter syndrome like doesn't have room to show up at all and I think like God is so comfortable with Mm -hmm. that right like he's so we're not yeah Yeah, he's so comfortable with that tension of like it's okay it's a little messy right now Mm -hmm. it'll it'll work itself out Mm -hmm. and I always say like God didn't want robots we do like Mm -hmm. we want people to fall in line we want we want it to be easy right and um we don't want the mess and I think it's so amazing that just God God doesn't care he's like let it like just just be alive right Yeah. yeah like just make me st- and I, I don't know I always think about in the context of like children um and like me and um and uh King's daughter were playing earlier and she's two and so everything you just kind of have to like repeat it a lot and like mm-hmm. she'll eventually get it but it just like it does take a lot of patience and like she'll mm-hmm. sometimes do the wrong thing and then then you correct her and she'll just like oh sorry and mm-hmm. she'll like figure it out but again it like it takes that time that patience and um and like God's gonna have to repeat Himself, and you're gonna have to go mm-hmm. back and like, and it's just that like back and forth. But like at the end of the day, like all of that, like to say that she could come to me and like do the wrong thing, and then correct, and then like say sorry, and correct herself and do the right thing, says that there's like a relationship there. And I think at the end of the day, like that's what God wants from us, like just that willingness to like have have that relationship, um, and that trust with us mm-hmm. as well. Like we trust that whatever correction He's bringing, like it's the right thing, you know. Um, so, uh, I just like, how are some ways that you guys manage this in your life? Because obviously I don't think this is ever a part of life that like entirely goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, imposter syndrome will come out in, um, I think it just a hundred percent just holds me back. Like I just don't do things that mm-hmm. I feel like, um, that I feel like I could be bad at or that, or that I feel like someone, um, I don't know, or that like, I feel like don't come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just a hundred percent is something that I just don't try, which is a part of like me doing this. Um, but yeah, what are some ways that you guys manage it when it comes up? I think for me, I see it the most like in my self talk, like the way I speak to myself or the way I think about myself. And 
like we joked earlier, like I have the best self-talk out of anyone I know, but that was like a she learning does. process. I just think I'm the best and you should too. Um, but it was really a learning process for me to recognize like, okay, these thoughts are coming because I feel insecure in this or I feel not good enough in this or I feel like I'm failing or whatever it is. And then realizing that like, it was okay that I was failing or it was okay that I like wasn't reaching my bar of success as long as I was walking in what I knew God had called me to walk in and doing the things I knew he had called me to do in like that season of my life. And so for me, it just looked like changing the way I talked about myself into myself and like shifting my perspective from like, like being like King's daughter, like she's two. And if she fails, it's okay. And like, we reassure her and say like, Hey, you did the wrong thing, but it's okay. We're just going to do it differently next time. And so learning to have grace for myself, like in those situations helped so much to shift my, like my perspective of like, okay, it wasn't a failure. It was just an opportunity to grow and to learn. Yeah. Um, I think I see it come up. Like if the question is how do I recognize it? Or manage it. Yeah. Manage recognize it. it, manage it. Um, I think, well, I see it come up the most in um, like situations where I feel like people have an opinion that isn't true or like one that was created outside of my control. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. And so then... Or, like, if I don't feel like I'm the favorite, which is a whole different, like, topic of conversation, <laughs> that I feel this internal struggle to prove myself that I am mm. X, whatever X needs to be in that situation. So I think how I manage it um, is in a healthy... Do, but wait, sorry. Doesn't that, like, frustrate you to, like, to, to I don't know, like, to, to earn a favoritism I guess or like I don't know how I don't know how out of word this or like just assume you yeah are. or or to like or to use someone else's measuring stick for mm. yourself like my Enneagram 8-ness is coming out because that like does not like I do not vibe with that I'm like your standard I have great taste your taste is bad <laughs> you know what I mean so like I don't know how how do you like even that struggle yeah I think um I think in the last like three years through a lot of brokenness and a lot of like dark days. Mm. I think the healthy thing that God's formed in me is, is a healthy level of not giving a rip. Love it. You know, we love to say like, it. We're, f what is it? Free from the opinion of man. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. That's <laughs> like, not giving a rip. Yeah. I mean like there's, a, there's times where you need to care cause it matters. And mm -hmm. then there's other times where it's like, you're just wrong. Like, yeah, you just are. And if you're not, or you don't see that you are, you still are. And that's on you. That's on you. That's right. <laughs> Podcast coming September 2024. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's okay. You got a year and a half. I gave you some time. Thank you. Um, yeah. But like, I think just coming to a place where there are things that I just, uh, there's a level of not caring that mm. is dangerous for me being an Enneagram three, because I can get to an unhealthy nine, which for those of you who don't care, that means that I can become apathetic. And then I just make stupid decisions and almost like throw both middle fingers in the air to whoever and do whatever I want to do because I don't care. Mm. And that's not the level of care that's healthy, but the level of care that I think God's forming and has formed a little bit in me is the one that's like, I know who I am, even if you have a different opinion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, like their opinions, right? Like mm -hmm. they're subjective yeah. and it's so unfair to put a, like a moving measuring stick onto yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, like you should just care about if you are following the call of God on your mm -hmm. life, 
if you're listening to his voice and obeying, like, what, like who, who's to say that they, you know, don't like whatever. I, I think there's a, a dynamic that not to be like sexist mm-hmm. or Danny's favorite word. Tread lightly. Misogynistic. <laughs> um, but I think there is like obviously one being male, two being married, three having a kid. Mm-hmm. There's it's easy to say this when there's nothing. It doesn't cost you anything. Okay. But. Mm-hmm when it costs you something like a promotion or like a bonus or like another opportunity that helps your family, it's hard and it's harder in those moments because there are other people on the other end of it other than just me, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's a dynamic that is unique to like people in my situation or my context that it's hard to experience or hard to understand Mm -hmm. unless you're in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I could see how, yeah, if like not being your boss's favorite does equate you not getting a raise or not getting mm-hmm. a bonus, like, um, though I think that is I am an though. HR issue. <laughs> like, I just uh, am. <laughs> but though I like, yeah, that is one hundred percent an HR issue. <laughs> um, but I totally understand that, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's another element to this as well. Is like, I think there. I don't know, like, as as much as I would love to say, like, you'll never have to worry about someone else's opinion about you ever in your life. It's like, just it's just not true. Not true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's not, not true. true. It's like another part of life, which uh, sucks. Um, but I think there are ways that you, like, as you grow up, you can navigate it to where it doesn't affect, like, you to your core totally. that makes any sense yeah yeah and like i don't know i just always think like don't gain the whole world and lose your soul mm-hmm. and i think that's a part of that losing your soul thing where then you just become every anything anyone wants right and that is so dangerous yeah. you know but yeah yeah that's so good i think too like like king as a man has his own like perspective and experiences obviously but i think too as a woman like you experience it in like what's expected of you in different settings and like what's expected is so different. Like you're providing for a family and like, there's just a different set of things you're meant to do and, and take care of. But I think for me, it's always been like, don't be too loud, but don't be too meek. Don't be too bossy, but don't like let someone walk over you. Like there are just so many juxtapositions, Danny's favorite thing, but you got to like live in the tension of, and like, you can't, you can't bow to like whatever is expected of you always. And so being okay with like not everyone is gonna like me and that's fine you know like that this is gonna ruffle some feathers just might change your opinion of me but at the end of the day like you have to be true to yourself and like what God has called you to do and who he's called you to be and so being okay with like this might upset you but like I'm doing what I have to do in this season of my life or I'm being authentic in this and if people don't like you that says more about them than it says about you in my opinion of myself at least unless you're terrible (laughs) um but yeah i think um do you guys i guess have any like like things that you've learned on the journey that like if you could put a tool in someone's hands like just very quickly very like something they can do tomorrow if they're really struggling with this or like every time they go into work or school you know do you remember 25 minutes ago when I asked you where you were, where you wanted to land and where you wanted to end, and I asked <laughs> if it was somewhere in this, this category. This is her podcast. Yeah, and you're like, no, it. we're just vibing. I know, just I know. A conversation. This is where the vibes I, this, took us. And then now here we are asking the very question. That's what I'm saying. And producer Derek over there was like, it's not a message. And you know, and you know what? You didn't need to know. Is what it comes down to. It. 
this was you just if just the knowledge being, is meant to come flowing will and it has thing. okay great Hallie go first okay <laughs> tool belt someone's hand they can do it tomorrow yeah. I think for me it comes down to like lean into things that are uncomfortable but eventually that should become comfortable if you're being authentic and that probably made no sense but like like leaning into things that you you might think you're bad at or that might not feel like they're fitting correctly in the moment but they probably will eventually like you're not nothing that's like worth it ever came easily you know what I mean and so I think lean into things that are difficult and be okay that they're difficult for a season that's good Nothing, what'd you say? Nothing worth it, worth it came easily? Nothing worth having comes easily. Mm. Do you think about Pinterest? Probably. Probably. Boss babe. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my advice is life's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. That's beautiful. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Is that an original quote? Yeah, oh actually. It came God. off the dome just then. Um, I think. Don't make curds. Don't make curds. Don't make curds. Um, I think, honestly, the best advice I can give anybody is just focus on who you're becoming. Mm. And and in that, be more focused on, like, the process and not the outcome. And you'll, if you're not good at something but you're focusing on the process, odds are you're going to still be somewhat decent at it. And if you're just (laughs) terrible at it, you'll figure it out and you'll be all right with it. Like, you'll bounce back and find something new you know but i think it it really is just about becoming the person that you were created to be that's that's formed and molded more and more into the image of god and Mm. and along that way you'll become comfortable with yourself Mm -hmm. and i think that is the process of loving yourself which then allows you to love others purely and it not be fear-based yeah which is kind of the whole point mm-hmm. yeah 100 um i would say i think um fear only produces like ugly things mm-hmm. right like i think every child every like story every childhood book like it's always a monster in the dark it's always something like eerie and i think it's because like that's what fear can produce it can only mm-hmm. produce something that like basically hunts you down and like just produces that anxiety and like worry in you um and so i don't know i would just say like this is just fear. So um, kind of like to Hallie's point and to King's, like conquer your fear and mm-hmm. focus on um, on facing it. And also like as you're in that process, who you're becoming and like what that's producing in you. And again, I think it, it just comes down to like your soul, right? Like um, as you navigate this, um, like self-assess, like what is, what's coming out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible also says like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I think like figure out what's in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth. Um, because that'll tell you really quickly, like whose voice you're listening to and like what your self-talk sounds like. Um, so yeah. I, if I can add one more thing, absolutely. I think like the, what you're talking about of, of um, you know, continuing the conversation, focus on who you're becoming. And then also, uh, you said something a second ago that was basically like asking yourself the question, like, do you is, do you want to be anxious? Like, if you were to take inventory of your life and be like, man, I'm feeling pretty anxious today. And then you were like, okay, well, I'm living my life through the lens of like focusing on who I'm becoming. Am I a person that wants to be anxious? Well, no. Mm-hmm. Nobody in their right mind is going to be like, yeah, I want to spend my life anxious. <laughs> no. So then it forces you to ask why. Mm-hmm. Why am I anxious? Or 
nobody's going to be like, yeah, I want to live my life afraid. So if you're mm-hmm. saying, I want to focus on who I'm becoming, but I'm afraid, well, why am I afraid? You know, it yeah. forces you to confront those things that you've been okay with just running from, and mm-hmm. you actually are forced to embrace the cactus, which continues on that journey. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for Thanks, coming Dee. on You Are Here. This, I think, has been so helpful. Um, honestly, helpful for me, too. Um, because Can we just take a second? Yes. Like, you're amazing. And Incredible. And we love you. And we're your biggest fans. So yeah, thanks, guys. What is, it, what is the Gen Z term? Stands? Is that what it is? We stand we you. Stand, we stand Dan. Is that you? Thanks, correctly? guys. Did I say it right? Yeah, you guys did. Slay. Leave Great a, job. Leave a comment. Leave hey, a five-star make review. Make friends with millennials, everyone. They kind of okay. slay. That <laughs> felt... That felt Um, Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, You know the drill. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. You can follow King and Hallie as well. I'll put their stuff. Separate Instagram. Yeah, separate Instagrams. Well, the way Um, you said it made it feel like it was one. No, no, no. At King and Hallie. At King and Hallie. I'll put them on on the youarehere.pod Instagram. But yeah, thanks so much. Leave us a comment and we'll see you next week. Yeah, Facebook, where's the one with her? Anyways, love you guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Yay. Yay. Good job. How fun, guys. Good job, everyone. Wasn't that fun? I love podcasts. They're fun. I love just talking. You haven't been recording this whole time.